I'm John Caldera, president of Independence Institute. Ari Armstrong is a well-known Colorado libertarian political commentator. I was surprised to find we had a sizable disagreement over the touchy use of pronouns. This is the audio version of our television show, Devil's Advocate. You can watch that program by going to youtube.com and searching for our channel, IITV, which stands for Independence Institute TV, or just go to thinkfreedom.org. I hope you enjoy this discussion. So a couple of libertarian-ish guys talking about pronouns. I wanted to do this one for a while. Ari Armstrong, good friend for a long time. Help us out with this. First of all, columnist, complete Colorado. Pickaxe Colorado on Substack. Substack. Substack is awesome, by the way. I find the best stuff on Substack. Is it paid or complimentary or both at this point? I put all my stuff up for, but not with a paywall. People can pay money if they want, but all you, you just sign up for email for free and then you get the emails, which is how Substack. Substack is very flexible in that way. Still doing Patreon? That's kind of phased out for me. You're still wealthy, though. <laughs> I'm, yes. Yes. Yeah. By global historical <laughs> standards, I am the top 1%, John. <laughs> so I wrote a column a while back, and I, this has been a pet peeve of mine, and it's, it's, it's the gender thing. I believe there are two sexes. I got fired from the Denver Post because I said there are two sexes. And when I say there are two sexes, I mean there's a man and a woman. Specifically, there's an XX and an XY chromosome. I understand very rarely there's uh, a deviation from that. I'm not saying there aren't people who think or identify elseways, but when I hear that my daughter goes to school in middle school and has to get up and give her preferred pronouns, in fourth grade, I really start to get twitchy about this stuff. Um, I find it really different than gay and lesbian issues, which I'm very supportive of. I've got friends who have trans kids, and they go through a lot of issues with that. I try to be sensitive to it, but I'm sorry, I just can't get there. So I wrote this column about it, and as a libertarian, you said, Kelder is wrong. I love this, but you don't seem to understand. I'm infallible. So, so you're obviously wrong. So give me your best shot. Where, where, where am I wrong on this? Well, first of all, kudos for taking criticism on this and for discussing this. I don't know if you know this, but Complete Colorado linked to my pickaxe article in which I was criticizing you for that. And actually, most of my readers for that article came from Complete Colorado which is ostensibly your site in some respect. Where I'm a columnist, by the way, but I did not write the critical column. For you, I wrote it for my own site. So I appreciate the fact that you're willing to talk about this and take criticism for this. To be honest, it's, it's hard to find people who want to discuss this. Um, I found that too, frankly. And I, it really bothers me because it, this is everywhere and I can't have a discussion about it. And when I try to, I just get called a bigot and then it runs away. And I'm trying to figure this one out. So thank you for having the conversation. Well, let me, I wanna back up for just a minute and try to explain maybe why we're coming at this from different angles. Yeah. 
I think more than me, you are straddling the conservative Christian line and the libertarian line. And I'm coming more from a straight, secular, libertarian position. So I was heavily influenced by Ayn Rand, and I'm you know, more of a secular free market guy. Me too. And so, yeah, so we have a lot of similarities, but you're more, I'll put it to you this way, you talk a lot more to conservative Christians than I do, and that's part of your coalition with the Independence Institute. And so, for example, one of the most famous libertarians in the world is Deirdre McCloskey, who's a transgender woman and one of the most important theorists on topics of progress and innovation in the world. And so she wrote the books like Bourgeois Virtues and related works on that line. So one of the most important libertarians in the world. Ayn Rand has this great line. She has, she actually said some negative things about homosexuals, gay people. But she has this great line in Atlas Shrugged where Dagny is having a discussion with her sister-in-law and her sister-in-law says, well, I'm the woman in the family now. And Dagny shoots back, that's okay, I'm the man in the family. And she's the great railroad tycoon. So Ayn Rand has a lot, her feminine heroes are very traditionally masculine in the 1950s sense, right? They're the ones right. running the railroads, running the businesses, very assertive individuals. And so I think that there's just this difference in perspe perspective and that I'm coming from a straight, secular, libertarian, free market position. And I think that that makes me more open to this idea of transgenderism being an okay thing. See, no, so, see I, I think you're reading me completely wrong in that okay. um, I don't look at it that way at all. I look at it completely scientifically or biologically. Uh, you can call it a penis versus a vagina or a, a X versus Y. That uh, if, if somebody is born with a penis, I'll put that into the male category, or with a vagina, I'll put it to the female category, or more specifically, you can wipe that out and say, if there's an X chromosome or a Y chromosome, we'll make one male, one female. And that's pretty much it. I understand there are some really rare, and I do mean very rare, uh, differences, and there's some real rare chromosomal abnormalities. And, you know, fine, we'll put those in, in a, a very different one. Beyond that, there are people who are male who identify differently, and the people with an XX or, uh, chromosome who uh, go in a different category because they feel differently. It's like saying, you know, this man, this man is gay. He wants to have sex with other men. Yeah, he's a man who has sexual desires this way, but he's still a man. And, well, let me... but, but scientifically, biologically, the dude is still a dude. That has nothing to do with my with any Christian values, I'm not a Christian. So I, Yeah, it, but the dude looks like a lady. Yeah, but the oh. dude can look like no, a lady. Let me, let me, I want to start with the common ground yeah. and then get into the criticism. All right. Because here's the common ground, and I think that there is some errors in some aspects of, quote, queer theory on this point. At the biological level, as you say, almost all human beings come out of the womb with well-developed male or g female genitalia. You have testicles. And you have a testicles and a penis, or you have a vagina, ovaries, uh, uterus, and there's other things that go along with that. Now, there, like, like you say, there are some rare exceptions where right. there's some mixed mixed um, genitalia coming out. Right. So we are a sexually dimorphic species, as are other primates, and in fact, in some primates, the differences are are even much greater. So. The men can, might be, the males might be several times as large as the females, not just slightly larger on average as with human beings. 
And so, yes, there's different chromosomes. And there's also a lot of subtle, more subtle differences here in terms of, and especially once puberty kicks in, on most males are, get washed with more testosterone than most females. And this causes more muscle growth. You don't growth, gotta talk to me, I'm Italian. I more, know about too much <laughs> testosterone. More facial hair. There's all kinds of subtle differences beyond the, beyond the strict genitalia. So you're right in that sense. We're a sexually dimorphic species. I regard this as basic biology. Well, then let's stop there for a second. I want, I, I want to put a pin in it right there for a okay. second. That's all I'm saying is that there are men and there are women. All right. At some point, there are two sexes. And throughout all species on Earth, there seems to be, in all mammals, two sexes with two sets of chromosomes. There are male chromosomes, there are female chromosomes, X's and Y's. And that's it. And yeah, there might be all sorts of variations in how people identify. There might be more testosterone, there might be less testosterone. There might be more effeminate men, there might be less effeminate men. There might be all sorts of differences in, in, in how people feel great. There might be biological changes in how, how they are fine, but there's still only men and women. Now, notice you corrected yourself. You went from all species to mammals. Now, if you do look at all species, for most of human history, right, there was no, no such thing as sex. There was no sexual reproduction. Bacteria don't reproduce sexually. So you're only getting to sexual reproduction with more advanced organisms. And many species, in fact, change their sex over the course of their life. So if you look at all of life more generally, you're getting an extraordinary amount of variation. You're getting, right, species, you you're getting even complex species that can still reproduce asexually at times. You can get species that can change from male to female and back. Uh, I but, don't know. But look, let's, look right. at, let's, st let's so, stick to humans, okay? I, I think it's good to stick to humans. So, as noted, we are a sexually dimorphic species, with some exceptions, okay? We're talking about averages here. But I think here's the basic mistake you're making. You're basically conflating sex with gender. You're conflating biological sex with expressed or preferred gender. And those are different things. So what does it mean to have a gender on top of being a male? Does that mean anything? Now, there's also a lot of tension in queer theory based on what little I know about it. Now, let me, let me just note right here. There's something comical about two cisgender straight white men discussing transgenderism on your show or other, all, and other related issues. How um, long ago was it that you even knew you were cisgendered? When, when did the term cisgendered even come up? Right, and these, some of these are relatively new terms, like within my lifetime. So it was only two years before I was born, 1969, when police raided the Stonewall Inn in New York. Right. And so within my lifetime, there has been just brutal police oppression of gay people. Yep. And it's basically been since that era, since the gay rights era, when you get this broader queer theory and these additional terms like transgender, um, cisgender, right? So yeah, granted. Let, let, let's stop there for a second. Let, okay. me, let me back up. I am fascinated, fascinated by the gay movement. What we have seen in my lifetime through political change on, uh, from uh, Stonewall to now has been amazing. And I use that as a model for political change from something where, uh, from an illegal activity to a celebration of life to the point where, um, um, oh my God, you know, it's, uh, 
And protected by the Supreme Court. Not only protected by the Supreme Court and now Congress, but, you know, uh, something that would get you, get you jailed uh, now is celebrated in every quarter and has pride flags. Whereas before, you can be a gun owner here, now being a gun owner will get you thrown in jail in, in the city where I live. It's, it's amazing how you, you could be gay here and thrown in jail. Now you'd be a smoker and that'll get you thrown in jail, even though 5% of the population is gay or less, um, uh, but 20% of the population still smokes and now you're the pervert for being a smoker. It really is amazing how the cultural switch has happened for, for people's lifestyles. Getting back to it though, I support that movement. This has been amazing to see how that switch has happened. That's spectacular. But the language used in the gay movement is not incorrect. And it's not been coerced that a homosexual man is still a homosexual man. So I can look at somebody, I can look at my homosexual friend who says, yes, I am gay. And I look at him, I go, yes, you are gay. And we go about our lives. Whereas uh, a man who says, I am a woman, and I look at him and I say, no, you are not a woman. And somehow I'm a terrible person for, for, for stating what I believe is a fact. And well, he I, looks at it like, and says, no, you're the terrible person. I, I think it's pretty widely known that our terms typically have multiple definitions, right? This is why we have definition one, definition two, definition three. difference today. So the difference today is people are losing their so, jobs uh, and people aren't allowed to speak what they believe is truth. Well, let me, let me just make the basic point here. Go okay? ahead. So woman in some contexts refers to your biological sex. You have the female genitalia and often people associate a particular gender orientation with that biological sex. Okay, but in, there's a second definition of woman, which is your gender expression. So woman too, it, it doesn't mean like you don't just wish away your penis, right? That's not what happens. Nobody thinks that. Nobody thinks that the biology becomes irrelevant. However, it's reasonable to think, and I think there's something real about an expressed gender. So, and I think that there is a relationship between that and the gay movement. It wasn't that long ago when if somebody said, I'm gay, the reaction, the, the, the widespread cultural reaction was, oh yeah, he's gay, that's fine. Go live your life as a gay man or, gay, or a lesbian woman, and that we're perfectly fine with that. No, it was, there's something wrong with you. You are perverted, you're lying, you're, there's, or there's something mentally wrong with you, you're, you have some mental illness, we need to fix you and make you not gay, because there's no such thing as authentic gayness, on, according to the, the critics. This was not that long ago, and in, in fact, you know, I heard this kind of thing when I was a kid. Um, and a lot of people still say things like that, right? This is still with us today. People say, well, there's no such thing as an authentic gay man or authentic lesbian woman. There's something mentally wrong with them. And I think that the same thing is happening with transgenderism. And I think this gets to the heart of the problem with the pronouns. You're essentially saying that there is no such thing as transgenderism. If somebody claims that they're a transgender woman or a transgender man, such as one of our state representatives, who is, by the way, one of the most hardworking, best representatives in the state legislature, smartest. You are basically saying, I don't believe you when you say you're transgender. I think you're either lying, That's or not. you're delusional, or you're mentally ill, or there's something just wrong with you. 
There's no authentic transgenderism. So I'm, and no, I think what? that's the problem with the pronouns. When you say, I'm not going to recognize if your your preferred pronouns. So you're, what, you're, you're essentially what saying. What you're saying, no, what you're, what you're doing mm -hmm. is you're devaluing what I'm saying. It's just the opposite. So when somebody says, I am a woman, and I look at that person, I go, no, you're a dude. You are obviously a dude. Because biologically, you're a dude. You have stolen a word that I look at you and you're a dude. Because we've already established right up front that the word first definition was a dual word. It was either this or that. What did you say? Uh, a die whatever word that men and women we are a dimorphic. Dimorphic, thank you. That it's a dimorphic species. So for hundreds of thousands of years in our in the species, we're either men or women. So the word has always been used as the biology, X or Y. And I like the chromosomal. And I, if, you, if you look at the columns I've written over the years, I've always said, fine, then as we have this document when you're born, this record when we're born, and we identify you with what we can identify you with, you're either an X or a Y, this is a governmental record. Well, then that record shows what you are. And we look at you and identify you from what we all of us see as an X or a Y. Now, when I look at you, let me, let me go through this, and I say, no, you're, you're obviously a Y. I'm sorry, you're a dude. You are definitely a dude. And you say, no, I am a woman. And I go, no, you're a dude. By forcing me to express what you consider your gender is, you're telling me what words I can use. I find that highly offensive, that in my world, you are devaluing my value structure, you're devaluing my words, that I need to now conform to what your reality is so that you feel like a woman. Maybe it is what you truly believe, maybe because society has taught you this, maybe because you believe it. Uh, I look at uh, what have kids have been taught in schools, uh, and I've, you've seen some of the cases that we've uh, uh, brought on the show of what uh, uh, people believe they feel, I've, I've heard of the cases of, of kids who believe that they're lions or other animals. My son, who has Down syndrome, often believes he's a race car. And he truly believes he's a race car. I go along with it. Now, you can believe whatever you want to believe. No one's going to say he's a race car. But I have the right to express how I see the world the way I do. And just because you wish to be called something does not legally oblige me to call you that. And now we live in a world that if I do not call what I believe to be completely a guy, and by the way, I'm willing to say you are a guy who, who identifies as a woman. That's it. You are a guy who identifies as a woman. I will never say you're a woman because obviously you're not a woman. And for me to, to think that we have now changed the law for you to go backward in time and change legal documents, like you're changing an address form or birth certificate to say that you're now a, a woman, you're changing reality. If we are a dimorphic uh, race and you were born a dude, now we're changing legal documents? For me, this is dangerous stuff beyond just 
taking away my right of free speech. So there's a lot of issues on the table here, okay? But let's I use mean, the race car example. What you're saying is that saying that you're a transgender woman or a transgender man is the equivalent of saying you're a race car. It's just totally, you're just delusional. That's the position if, on the table. And I'm saying, if, if it, no, there's a from difference a biological, between, From a biological point of view, yes, it is delusional if we're talking about biology. You said this we're, is we're saying gender said, is not about biology. When we're talking, so so let's talk. You said the first definition is dimorphic. You started this conversation saying the first definition. Yeah, but we got to look at the second definition too. Yeah, but from okay. the first definition, from the first definition. Okay, I want to bracket this. This idea. I was going to talk about force, so let's bracket that and talk about this. Talk. Try to talk about this straight on. Okay. But from when the we first talk about gender, it is when we talk about gender. We're not just talking about genitalia. We since are talking when? about psychology All right, but and behavior. Since when? But, but what's happened here is you've okay, stolen, so let me give you you've stolen the very first, and from what I've ever known, the only definition, a biological, scientific definition. So I keep I hearing, I keep here. hearing, is... I keep hearing you know, all this, follow the science, follow the science, follow the science, and then it comes to global warming, it was like science, science, science. And then when it comes to this, it's like the science. You know, we're going to we're going to go with go with something that's not science. It's 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 feelings and psychology and something mushy. All I know is your chromosomes are XX or XY. So in preparation for this show, yesterday I read a book called Queer, a graphic history. And the reason I read that particular book is that book is being attacked in Douglas County for being in the school library. So I thought, well, I want to see, is this really appropriate for children? And is it a good book? And the answer is, to both questions, is yes. It's a great book. I recommend it. I would recommend that you read it and the, the viewers read it. And But one of the things that struck me in that book is that there's actually a tension between certain transgender activists and certain queer theory activists. And the tension is this. If you're transgender, you are saying that gender matters and that gender means something. Whereas a lot of, or at least let me say, some queer activists are trying to say, wait a minute, I'm trying to question the entire concept of gender and say the entire thing is at best a social construct. And there's no real meaning to it. And it's purely performative. Like your gender is only what you choose to, or it's like a performance. It's all like play acting. There's nothing deep, deeply rooted about it. So I'm going to make a provocative claim here is that you are more similar to certain queer theorists than do certain conservatives because you're basically saying gender is meaningless. There's nothing about gender on top of biological sex that means anything. It's purely social construct. It's purely performative. So think about that. Um, you're, so you're, you're, you have more in common with certain queer theorists than you do with certain transgender activists on that score. I am saying, I am taking the more conservative approach that there is something real about gender that transgenderism is capturing. So on top of maybe, the biological maybe sex. I'm, maybe I'm just remarkably stupid then <laughs> because I'm saying either you have a or you don't have a okay. That's what I'm saying. And so you might call it dimorphic. I'm calling it biology okay. or science. I'm calling it chromosomes. That well, let me ask you, you have this it. So when, when, I, when I wrote the column, the one that got me fired, the, the last straw at the Denver Post, mind you, I'm a ridiculously politically incorrect guy. 
I use bad words, and I'm, I'm you know, um, 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 rough around the edges. But for me, physical reality is physical reality. Chromosomal reality is chromosomal reality. And in that column, I was very careful. I did not use the word gender. I never said there were two genders. I made it very clear. There were two sexes. And on a driver's license, there's male or female. And there are those, you're either male or female. That's it. So you're basically saying gender doesn't exist. If you want to put it that way, fine. Gender doesn't exist. I don't care if you're feminine or masculine. I don't care. It doesn't matter. There are boys. There are girls. If girls want to run around in pants and boys want to run around in dresses, I don't care. If you want to raise your girls to, to uh, 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 take testosterone and, and have mustaches, fine. But they're still girls. You know, that I want to cannot, drop back and make it. Cannot, I want to make kind of a. You cannot change their chromosomes. And so to lie to me, to lie to me is wrong. But what's even more evil is to force me to lie and, and tell me that in order to keep my job or to stay in a college, that I have to look at a man and say, I'm going to call that man her. Or even worse, I have to lie and also use bad English and say there are two of them and say they are her uh, when there's only one of them. I can't do that. Well, I'm gonna raise another topic, but I wanna get back to force yeah. here, okay? So my idea is that we should just quit, ideally we would just quit using gender pronouns. I agree with you. They is a problem because it's plural and singular. And to me, not always, but in some contexts, that's confusing. So I would, I would prefer that we just go with one set of pronouns for everybody because in normal discussion, it doesn't matter. It, for me, other, somebody else's gender or sex doesn't make any difference. It only makes a difference if I want to go on a date or something like that. Right? But, but it does matter because but let's, it but let's does talk matter about, because we come from an evolutionary world where we come from boys and girls. If I'm hiring somebody, does it matter if they're a woman or a man? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any difference. If you're hiring somebody to work at the Independence Institute, I tell you what, are you going to hire somebody because they're a man or a woman? No, it doesn't make any difference. So why does the pronouns make? Why do we put? I tell why you what, the pronouns make it such a big go, deal. Go to any Spanish-speaking country where every every table or drink is masculine or feminine because that's part of the culture. You know, um, that's just the way evolution has happened. Okay, but this table is not a male, okay? Yes. I don't it, even, is it? So el, It's either L table can, or La table. But this is what, I, there's a lot of, I don't think you're quite getting to the subtlety of the problems here. You're saying gendered language. What does that mean? Let's call this table a man. That doesn't mean anything, right? That is purely a product of the language. Really? Is it is so, a is but, a ship? But let's go back is a to a ship, okay. a boy or a girl? But we're not even if we do change the the length, the pronouns eventually. That's oh, yeah. not where we're at now. Okay? Every so, saxophone is a girl. What I'll about now? This use I think that you're misusing the term force in this context. No one is forcing oh. you to use gender oh, pronouns. No one is forcing you. Oh. Your relationship Your relationship with the Denver Post was a contractual Relationship. Oh, no worry. I'm not the, talking about me. The, that is the key idea. I am not idea. talking about me. That is, I am talking about public schools. I am talking about people who have real jobs, not me at the Denver Post. That's a made-up job. I am talking about people who work for a living, who have to uh, stand up at a meeting and say, my, my pronouns are he, him, hers, or whatever the hell, who rather not. There are people in the world of Dilbert living in cubicles who have to feed their families who have to put up with this crap. So now not only are you a queer theorist, but you're a Marxist. 
who says the people are being oppressed because of their place of employment. John, the core theory of libertarianism, free market ideology, is that is people free should be free, be free to, no, it's free, people should be free to voluntarily interact, consensually interact. So my if kids who business, have to go to school because it's compelled to go to school in Colorado and who have to stand up and say, my preferred pronouns are this, this, and this, are free to, to go and go to another school? No, they're not. Or the speech codes at CSU where you cannot say so many things. Well, these no, are give, public. Good, okay, so. good God. No, we're living in a society where this stuff is shoved down people's throats and you know okay. it. Let's talk about what's shoved down people's throats, okay? Literally, what's shoved down people's throats are bullets in Club Q, are fists in the face of transgender people. So let's not get too uptight about having to say he and her to write a column. And by the way, you remain one of the most popular commentators in Colorado, right? This, I, this idea that you've been canceled is... I'm not, oh, I'm not crying. Okay, right. I'm not, let me make it but, very clear. But let me, I'm not let's, crying let's over talk me. about the real, the real problem here is not people being oppressed because they have to say he or her in certain contexts. The real problem here is extraordinary bigotry against transgender people LGBTQ people, violence, actual physical violence against LGBTQ people, extraordinary levels of discrimination, extraordinary levels of hate speech against these people, such that you have people in Colorado, pastors in Colorado churches, accusing all LGBTQ people of being groomers, of saying they should be dragged behind cars to death. You have lawyers celebrating the fact her belief that Club Q people are burning in hell after they get murdered. This is the real problem here, John, on the table. This idea that people are being, even if you grant that people are being oppressed because of the pronouns, the level of oppression for that versus wow. the level of oppression that is still today being faced by LGBTQ people is like a thousand to one, oh, something give, of that magnitude. There has never been a time in history, American history or elsewhere, where it has been more celebrated, more protected to be part of the LGBTQIA plus crowd than it is today, where we have members in the legislature, where we have a governor, where we have people in major sports and acting and society, where we have people everywhere who are part of this, this uh, community. Where, where flying the flag is everywhere. Do we have crazy-ass people saying crazy-ass Yes, always, always, always. That does not excuse taking away people's right to free speech. So, what surprises me, Ari, mm. is that a hardcore libertarian like you wouldn't be the first to stand up and say that pressuring people and chilling people's right to free speech and saying that, uh, that pressuring somebody to use s pronouns against their free will is somehow right. That if someone believes and wants to identify as someone of an opposite gender, yeah, more power to them. Honestly, more power to them. If someone believes or identifies that they're a lion or a woman or a race car or whatever, more power to them because that's what we believe in. This is 
this is your right and go for it. So but here, that doesn't mean that I'm obliged or I should be pressured or good God, I should be shamed if I don't go along with it. So look, so here's, I think, an important libertarian or free market insight that a lot of people miss. When you're talking about these institutions, you're talking about government institutions as well as private institutions. Government institutions that we're paying money I to concede. And so money to propagandize society that we have to use the pronouns that So I look want. at this much differently than do progressives and conservatives because both of those groups take these government institutions for granted. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying why exactly is government running these things? Why exactly is government even running the schools? So I'm taking a much more <laughs> radical position here underneath, right? Yeah, but they are. But let's, but let's talk about private businesses, okay? No one thinks that you should be able to say anything you want as an employee of a business without getting fired. You go into a business and start calling all your black colleagues the N-word, you're gonna get fired on the spot. And that is right. If I ran a business and you come in and started calling the, my black employees the N-word, I would say, get the hell out of here right now. And so would you. If somebody came into the Independence Institute as an employee and they started calling your black guests the N-word and saying, oh, black people don't have the same intelligence as white people and you're an N-word, you would say, get the hell out now. I know you would. So when we talk about free speech, we have to talk about these but consensual relationships. You're, are you equating? Yes, somebody. I am. I'm saying if you're, you're, you're saying that if me you're refusing gonna, to call some guy in a dress her with the N-word, that is obscene. Okay, if you have Brianna Titone, who was a state representative, who's a transgender woman, into the Independence Institute to present some bill or whatever, and you have another guest saying, who's call, heckling her and saying, you're a man. You're not really, you know, you're delusional or whatever. You're a groomer. Yes, that would be. You better yeah. ask that person to leave. Uh, of course, I would ask that person okay, to leave because that's that what would I'm be, saying. That would be inappropriate. He's not talking to that to that person. But to okay, refer so to this to, free no, speech no, 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 does no. not mean you can say whatever you want in whatever context. Right. Free speech but to means refer to to refer to that person as a man is not wrong. You know, so if there's a black man there and. And to say that man is the N-word, yes, that's wrong. But to say that man is black is not wrong. To say that Rihanna Tatone is also a man is not wrong. It, because it is wrong. You said we're a dimorphic race. Is she that's biologically because, no, a man? That's because man. Is she biologically male? She has a biological... It, is she biologically male. male? Born, yeah, born with biological male. So she is, male. she's a man. Biologically, but is she man? This is where you're missing the point. This it's is a where yes or no. Is she biologically <laughs> man? With in terms of the biological, is she biologically a man? Yes, but you yes. are missing the second. So if I say she's I am, a man, like, that's not calling her the N word. I am is agreeing it? with you on the first definition of man. So but you are missing the second. So, the second definition so it's of not man calling has her to do the N word. Is it when she says that she's it's a woman? When I say that Brianna Titone is a woman, I'm not talking about that's her why genitalia. It's obscene for you to say that if I refer to her as a man, that I'm referring to her as the N word. That's why it would be no, obscene. It, it, I, I, I am absolutely saying that it is a, a morally equivalent to call because you are ignoring the second definition of man, which refers to gender and gender expression, not whether you have you a find, dick or a vagina. You see, okay? I find that 
calling the N-word to me. So, so here, let me... So do, do you understand that? And I mean all the, all the respect in the world to Brianna. She, you're right, she's a hardworking, fine um, uh, representative. I disagree so, with her on, on uh, all, I, sorts of, all sorts of issues. But you understand this. By you telling me that by me saying exactly the obvious, the dimorphic obvious, that by saying that, sh that this person is male, just like that person is black, I've now, I've now said the N-word? How offensive is that to me? You have just called me uh, a KKK racist bigot for, for saying this table is made out of wood. How is that possible when you've just logically said at the beginning of the conversation, we are dimorphic. Biologically, she is male. I just agreed with you, dimorphically, she is male. And now I'm a racist and you called me a bigot for saying what you agreed to. And my head is just blowing up left and right because so of that. Let's get, let's get back. So I think- And then that, you wanna like, change that topic. I think this is, I think this somewhat heated conversation is good. I think these are the kind of discussions that are actually interesting. And then you have to change and definitions. We might, we might both get canceled out of this. I don't know, but- But, um, but then you wanna change <laughs> definitions in order to, to keep these two trains from bashing into each other. We, we so, change definitions all but the time. The, that, that is such a progressive. Context. That is such a progressive way of getting out of a losing argument, which is let's change definitions and jump over okay, here. So let's get back to the. Here's the fundamental. Okay, I think that this gets us back to the fundamental point. Does gender mean anything? Does it mean anything? If you say that gender means anything, then you have to say that people can be a gender, and if you're going to say that people can be a gender you have to at least wonder whether gender always corresponds to biological sex. So that's, that's the question. If your position is there's no such thing as gender, then saying you're a man is as ridiculous as saying you're a transgender man. Saying you're a woman is as ridiculous as saying you're a transgender woman. Saying you're a man doesn't mean anything on, in the sense of gender. It only means you have a penis, the right chromosomes, um, you know, that kind of thing. From my it point of view. It only refers to your Biolo biology, the neck down. So what I'm trying to say is that reality includes our brains, includes our minds, includes our psyches. I this is part of I reality have no here, idea. John. Reality isn't just my d Reality is my mind, my brain, my psyche. And this I don't these know. are meaningful things. I cannot observe your brain. So let's, let's go no, back to it. This is really yeah. important to okay. me. I cannot observe your brain. I can interpret your actions, I can interpret your writings. You may paint something and I can interpret it, I'll get it wrong. I, do, I can never know your brain. That's, that is between your ears and I can never squeeze in between that. All I can do is see what's in here. I can see what I can see. I can look at your chromosomes under a microscope. I can see you're a dude. That's all. So we're both and so that's, that's the beautiful thing about identification. And in the role of government, since they're the one that issues identification, since they're, that's one of their main jobs, is we get little passports and we get death certificates and birth certificates and driver's licenses and social security cards. One of the primary roles of government, if there is one, is to say, this guy right there is actually the same guy with all these pieces of paper 
you can either give them the benefits or not give them the benefits or give them the checking account or not giving the check account. Oh, and look, he does have a dick and he is this guy. And look, he does have the chromosomes. He's this guy. I would That's be okay. fine if birth certificates just said, what, what are your chromosomes? I'm okay with that. Great, then put an XX so, or an XY. Great. But I want to I ask you about, we're but, both but, parents. But no, my point okay. being, my point being that what I, can, what I can see is you. And all these things say male. You're born, and it says male. It dies, and it says male. And that is an objective, factual, dimorphic thing. So I want to push on... I want to push you on whether you think gender means anything from the perspective of parenthood. Because we're both parents. Mm -hmm. I have a boy who's seven years old. You have a boy and a girl. Mm -hmm. And so there's obviously stereotypes about boy and girl yep. behavior. So do you think that there's anything, is that purely socially constructed? So for example, boys are taken to be more interested in machines, mechanics, tools. Girls are taken to be more interested in dolls and social relationships. So those are the stereotypes. Do you think that those, those behaviors, now, now let's say there's enormous variation. Lots of boys yep. like to play with dolls. I got my boy a doll. He played with it for like two minutes and then he went back to his blocks. So my boy is very stereotypical boy in that sense. But I've also met other boys who are more, more stereotypically feminine in certain respects. Okay, do you think that on average there's anything to those behaviors other than social construction. In other words, is how much, there anything, how much is nature versus nurture? Okay, is there yeah. anything biological or physiological that's giving rise to some of these stereotypical behaviors? I used to think it was much more uh, nurture than nature until I had kids. I think a lot of us felt the same way. And then, then you have a boy and then you have a girl and you find out there's gotta be some, there's gotta be some uh, nature in there as well. Uh, that's just been my experience. I imagine uh, there's a mixture. So some things are clearly cultural. Like, do you like blue or pink? That doesn't mean anything. Do you wear a dress? I mean, even in your columns, you mentioned a dress. Dress is purely cultural. In some cultures, you know, you wear a kilt or, you know, you wear a loincloth, whatever. Um, in our culture, I'm wearing a male uniform with a jacket, button-up shirt. But you know what? A, a woman could wear this exact same outfit and perfectly acceptable in our in our culture. Uh, my, my boy, by the way, likes these books about Mary Walker, who's a Civil War hero, a surgeon. She got in trouble. She actually got thrown in jail once because she insisted on wearing pants. She didn't want to wear a dress. She wanted to wear pants. Right. But is there anything, there's nothing in nature that says pants are male and dresses are female. That is purely cultural. So to arrest Mary Walker <laughs> because she's wearing pants is, I, we agree, absurd and oppressive. I believe, um, but there, I, I believe, I believe, uh, I believe in evolution and that I think evolutionary traits tend to uh, pop out. I believe that uh, women tend, tend to be uh, more nurturing and I think uh, those who are, their traits tend to, to survive uh, better. Um, uh, I find myself loving to watch my kids eat. It's the weirdest damn thing. Um, and I'm there watching my kids eat and it gives me pleasure. And it's like, this, this is an evolutionary thing. When you're, when you're watching your kids eat, you go, oh. and there, there was some parent who did not like watching his kid eat, and that kid died. And so they didn't, they didn't pass it along. So I think there are some things that are evolutionary, uh, and they might have uh, uh, gone along with uh, the genders or the sex. I don't know. So I think implicitly, you're going to eventually argue yourself into something like my position. 
because I don't think you really believe that there's no such thing as gender. And this will put us at odds, like I mentioned, with certain queer theory, queer theorists and queer theory activists. Because where, we're saying where there is that, something where does that biological put us? to gender. Then where does that put us? Which is if a very we, conservative position in a certain respect. Where, right? Then where does that put us when it comes to our belief in free speech? Where does that put us with our diehard, at least my diehard belief, that um, other people should not take our speech, that we have a right to express how we want to express ourselves. And what I see now in a real cancel culture, I'm not talking about the Denver Post canning me, who the hell cares? I'm talking about kids being told they can't express themselves the way they want to express themselves. And I think I share some concerns with you. Let, let me back up on free speech. The First Amendment applies to government. Government cannot censor speech. It's also a societal. So yeah, we're talking about. It's a societal construct. In the context of school, I, I think we share a lot of the same sympathies here. I worry about people in positions of authority, public school teachers, administrators of school, who are using that authority to promote a particular social political agenda. I, with you, worry about these things. So. For example, I think it's a big problem if teachers are communicating or explicitly telling or getting kids to say that all the white kids are oppressors and privileged and all the black kids are victims and are victims of systemic oppression and racism. That's a real problem when you're, that's a real problem, okay? And I think that that does happen. At the same time, I also think that it does happen that school teachers teach real history about the racial oppression in this country, and there is real history along those lines. And I think that's also important. You saw and, the and show the that same... we did with Aaron Lee, right. whose kid and she was taught, were told that uh, the kid was asked to stay after for art club. Mm -hmm. uh, both mom and daughter were told, stay after for art club, which turned out to be not an art club, but I'll call it what it was, a trans indoctrination session. They were lied to by, by the school district. That is criminal and ugly. So is any 12-year-old girl, look, is, okay, is any 12-year-old girl confused about her body, unsure what's going on? Newsflash, that every 12-year-old girl, every 12-year-old boy is confused sure. about their body, about what's going on. They're but being when, flushed with hormones, with when, social changes, with these new social relationships. When government lies, when government lies, uh, you know, even on whatever level, it is, it is the underpinning of, of a society. We, we expect that the government is the arbiter of some basic truth. Uh, this is a stupid analogy. When CDOT didn't want uh, people driving on a road uh, because they didn't want much traffic on it, they said it was uh, uh, closed for repair or something when it wasn't. Tiny little white lie. But this is this is when this is when you know North Korea starts. This is when you start uh, realizing, oh, we can change people's behavior by flipping switches. Okay. Uh, it's dangerous crap. I share these sympathies, but let me look at the other side of the coin, right? It's also dangerous crap when you have religious conservatives stripping libraries of all books about LGBTQ issues, Agreed. like this book, Queer: A Graphic History, perfectly acceptable in a high school library. Would I read it to my seven-year-old? He's not, he's not even ready for the concepts, right? So no, for, on those grounds. Um, it's also a problem, with, it's, it's equally a problem to say, to strip out LGBTQ issues from right, school. Give a school it's, choice. It's, it's also a problem to say, oh, 
you're gay, you're, you can't be a teacher because you're a groomer, you're a pedophile, which some Colorado conservatives have said. And that is outrageous, it is bigoted, it is morally wrong, it is offensive, and you should denounce it. Um, that's equally a problem. So, in fact, that's, much, that's a much greater problem. That stuff is a much greater problem than the stuff you're talking about. And so I, I concede. You'll see some people who say, well, there's nothing at all to this social contagion theory of transgenderism, of some kids saying they're transgender because their friends are saying it. I think it's pretty likely that some kids who are saying they're transgender are doing that because their friends are saying that, and it gives them a social network, and they feel awkward, and they don't have any friends, and they're not able to relate to people. And so what does this give them? Oh, I'm now bisexual or transgender, whatever it is, gender fluid. What does that give you? It gives you an immediate community. It gives you sympathetic adults who are saying, oh, you know, you need, you need special, special access to my, you know, to my mentoring or whatever. You get this community of kids who are all, you know, they become this oppressed club. It's, it's, they, they're, they're feel, they can say that they're oppressed, but also they're part of this community that's fighting back against the oppression. You can see how this would appeal to some kids. And I think that this does explain why some children say they're transgender. I don't think they're authentically transgender. I think that they're going to grow up and be 25 and they're going to be like, yeah, that was an interesting phase and now I'm past that phase. And, you know, there's a lot of queer theorists who will say, who will can't, you know, cancel me, who will call me out for saying things like that. Yeah, but it's also but dangerous. It's also, but there dangerous. also are authentically transgender kids. There are authentically gay kids who are now facing persecution from the conservative right and that is right, the bigger which is, problem. Which is dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. You know, what do you... Well, you're right that in the sense that it's dwindling and that they're losing all elections in this state. And, you know, the, I, I'm sorry, I just don't see the threat of this conservative right. They're, um, the gay okay. movement continues to grow. Gay acceptance continues to... Uh, Here's two problems, okay? Problem number one. A, a kid, a 12-year-old girl confused about what's going on with her body, goes to school and she is indoctrinated and told she's transgender because she's confused about who she is and pushed into the system. That's problem number one. Here's problem number pushed two. Into what system? Into this like transgender, she, like she's basically con convinced that she's transgender even when that has no real basis in reality. Okay, that's problem number one. Problem number two, there is a kid who is transgender who like whatever it is, it's a boy who likes to dress up in dresses and do, play with dolls and do all the stereotypically girl things. And his father beats the shit out of him because he, he doesn't want his kid to grow up to be a gay kid or a transgender kid. That's problem number two. Which of those is the more serious problems, John? I would submit to you that problem number two is the much more serious problem, and that is the more widespread problem in today's culture. And we both know it. Actually, we don't both know it because I'll submit that problem number two happens a whole lot less now than it did back when we were kids. Why? I because. I've got friends, and I got cousins, and I've got people I know who are that kid back then. And <laughs> I've got a cousin who's like, where the hell were the clubs when I was going through it? Um, uh, <laughs> I had to come out to my military father uh, who beat the hell out of me back when I did. There were no gay clubs back then. Uh, no, it's a much better time now than it ever was. Uh, in fact, I think we're hurting so many more kids who are getting this pushed down their throats when they're confused. And now we're taking people and we're forcing them to say things they don't believe in. I think it's a dangerous time. In fact, the amount of kids who are, 
who are suicidal now because they're confused and getting more confused by it. I worry that we're doing too much harm to kids than helping kids. And now we're putting people and forcing them to say things they don't believe in. I think it is a dangerous time. All right, we, need, right. we need to wrap this up. Okay. All right. Um, nothing like two straight guys arguing about, about this stuff. <laughs> but the point, the point being, from my, from my point of view, it's just that the frustration I have looking at a guy, and we both agree biologically he's a guy, but somehow when I say he's a guy, I'm a bigot. And I can't stop saying he's a guy. And fortunately, I'm just an old, stupid white guy who's, uh, and they'll just say, huh, he's from a different generation. You'll have to forgive him. He's, he's, he's from an old generation. And everybody under me will be beaten into submission to go, hi, my name's John. He, his, him, or whatever it is. And then his kids will be beaten into submission. And then we'll have a bunch of zombies who have no spark in them. And uh, um, what, I, what I think is going to happen, I'm, more, I'm much more optimistic. I think we're going to get past some of the crazy on both sides. I think we're going to get to a position where we're just respectful of people and who they are. How can and you where be respectful we when you force people to speak well, what like they don't I said, believe? I think, I think that is the opposite of respect. I think it's actually coercion a, is the a opposite of respect. I think it's a reasonable chance that we're going to just move beyond gendered pronouns at some point. Okay, like sports. Okay, I think it's just. I think my my strategy is instead of having men's and women's sports, have tiers like in boxing, like weight tiers, whatever the measurements are. You're what you're measuring actual physical characteristics instead of. I mean. Whether you have a, it's not whether you have a or a vagina, your vagina's there. No, that what that one thing that does is it makes sure that no guy who's under six feet tall can ever play professional basketball, right? So I think that we could have different categories. It would make a lot more sense. So I think that there's a lot of ways that we can socially engineer ourselves out of some of these problems. One of the things I'd like to see happen is just have one set of pronouns for everybody. Problem solved. Ding, 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 we all win. You're not being coerced to say your pronoun, whatever pronouns, you know, and it's not a problem. So and this is why, I think that we're going to be able to... This is why libertarians still live in their parents' basements. Because uh, we're just going to get rid of, uh, we're just going to all agree to uh, one pronoun. I think uh, we're going to reach a state where kids are free to experiment. Kids are free to experiment. If a kid There's a difference to go through, between yeah. free to experiment mm -hmm. and forced to say, she, his, hers, theirs, here's the 28 pronouns. The amount of teaching time that has been taken away from my kids to go over the uh, gender bread man, was that what? Mm -hmm. you know, the, yes, here's the gender bread man where it's a bread man, but they're talking about the difference between genders and the 68 different types of genders. Teach my kid to read instead of teaching my kid the 68 genders. No, you know, go experiment on your own time. Um, I'm sympathetic with that. No, no, you're not. You want, this is coercion. This is so well, anti- I'm a homeschooler, so you can't tie me to the public school system. I mean, so that's a whole different conversation though, right? That's how I escape. I know that I would- You realize- I would how, have a lot of tension. You want to talk about white privilege. School. White privilege is homeschooling. The only, the very privileged have the, have the luxury, the margin, to be able to have somebody at home to homeschool. That's privilege. Most parents can't afford that. You're a lucky man. Uh, the rest of us, we gotta, we gotta throw them to the wolves of, mm. the, of the bigots 
out there who uh, um, uh, in the public school system. Well, we're going to agree on a lot of reforms for, for education. So that's a different that's a different topic. All right, we'll she oh. him them later. No. All right, for all the other bigots out there, <laughs> the dude in the dress. Thank you. I want to recognize our. We have a lot more common ground than is often um, perceived by outsiders. No, I want to thank you for actually talking about this. Yeah, no, yeah. thanks. I, yeah. I appreciate you. Dima, dimorphic species, <laughs> even though if I say the dimorphic male, I'm a bigot. God help me, somebody. <laughs> thank you, Ari. Have a good one. This is John Caldera, and if you've enjoyed this episode of Devil's Advocate, I hope you'll share it with a friend. You can listen to more episodes on all streaming services, with new ones being released weekly. And remember, this is the audio from our television show. To watch the video version, just search the letters IITV for Independence Institute TV on YouTube for this and many other great conversations.